0: A closed mouth doesn't get fed, by far one of my favorite statements, and let me tell you, there's no more real talk than that, because honestly, if you don't tell people what you do, if you don't get your name out there, if you don't get your business out there, you will not grow as a business owner, it's just a fact. And in today's episode of the Ambition Show, we are going to talk about just that. You need sales, it's the lifeblood of your business, we're going to help you overcome those fears, remove some of that negative stigma, and get to the money, get to growing your business and profiting from your dreams. Let's get it. Work for results, not for the sake of working. There's a ton of catchphrases that I could use going all over the place. But at the end of the day, they all mean the same exact thing. You need sales. If you're not making calls, if you're not sending out emails, if you're not reaching out to people and having meetings, it's going to be harder and harder for you just to get your business off the ground, let alone to grow your business, let alone to have a sustainable business where you're making money and living off of what you want to do the most and providing and growing and, and actually making a living for yourself. If you don't like the sales process, you have to get over it. Plain, real talk, Right. Because every entrepreneur is a salesperson. Wait a minute. Let me fix that. that. Sorry. Correction. Every successful (laughs) entrepreneur, okay, is a salesperson at one point in time. And who better to sell your business? Who better to promote your business or at least have a good idea how to sell and promote it than yourself, right? Because at some point, it's going to come down to you having some type of communication with potential vendor, customer, investor, whatever it may be, and you would have to sell them on the idea. You have to sell them on your value. Now, that's where people typically get it mixed up, right? And that's why we're going to go over this today, because this is the area I see the most businesses struggle in how to sell their business and how to properly communicate their value. If you don't believe me about the whole entrepreneurial thing and then everybody you know being the best salesman here here's here's an idea think of uh, think of these entrepreneurs okay richard branson damon john gary v right steve jobs heck even p diddy all right i'm just giving you a few here all of them have one thing in common that it's going to be hard for anyone to deny because you can see it in their results. They have the ability to sell their ideas successfully. And that, as an entrepreneur at its core, is the most important aspect to being a successful entrepreneur, business owner. And we can take it even to the employee level, right? Managerial level. If you cannot sell the idea, if you cannot sell the vision, the result, the goal of whatever it may be with whom you're communicating with, you will constantly have trouble getting anything off the ground and being successful, especially in your entrepreneurial venture. So today, what we're going to walk through is debunking some of that negative stigma okay because perception is everything i know a lot of people hate the term and the statement that i told y'all i told y'all in past episodes i'm gonna use quotes you know that like i said if i can apply it to something for real it's not you know academia academia is not you know it's not not theory it's actual factual i'm going to use it perception is reality for a lot of people Right. And the perception of what it means to be a salesperson, the perception of what sales is, is what really causes a lot of entrepreneurs to limit themselves from reaching their goals. Because once again, without sales, you don't have a business. You just have a hobby. Real talk. Right. And then what we'll get into is what not just the ones that I mentioned, but with some of the most notable entrepreneurs, you know, we have some additional people how they became successful salespeople, how they successfully sold their their value to their target audience. I hope you picked up on those keywords I used, value target audience. Okay, keep those in mind. So take you to school for a second. If you got a pen and pad, boom, have that sucker to the side, (laughs) have it ready, jot down, take notes. And then you can always, of course, Check out the text of this episode, the copy of this episode, because the transcript will break this down even more than what we're going to cover in the episode. So check it out on the website. The transcript of the episode has some great tools and resources for you. And we haven't even gotten to the takeaways from this episode. So first, we're going to debunk the stigma and then we're going to talk about some traits, things that you can add to your toolkit as a business owner, as an entrepreneur to help you with your sales process. Let's get it. All right, so let's get into it. So for those of us that follow the numbers in the business world, and look at these statistics on a regular basis, you're gonna know where this story is going and why sales are so important. For the, for those of you who are ambitious in the, you know, trying to start a new business, trying to start a new small business, your first entrepreneurial endeavor You know, working full time and looking to to create a a real business, not just a side hustle, trying to create a real, you know, flushed out business and then transition to that as your primary source of income or your only source of income. Numbers are important. These numbers are really important. And um, it's good to have this just, you know, in your war chest, in your toolkit, because this is the, 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 the truth. The numbers don't lie. So. One study found that 82%, crazy number, 82% of businesses that failed, the business owners cited specifically it was a lack of cash flow and consistent revenue as the primary, the main factor of the reason why they closed and the reason why they failed. Sadly, like I said, for y'all who know where this story is going a lot of us know with the small business administration and sadly this number has not changed over the past 20 years that's how scary this is but the fact is roughly 20 percent of new businesses fail during their very first year 45 percent to 50 percent fail in their first five years and 65% of businesses will close their doors in the first 10 years. Now, 10 years isn't even half a generation if you really think about that. That's one decade and we see how fast a decade can go by. So when we think about a topic that's as important as sales and the fact is that you have business owners citing a sig- and not, not a significant amount. We're talking about well over the majority, right? The majority would just be 51 percent, 80 over 80 percent are saying that sales revenue, lack of that cash flow coming in right to cover their debts, to, to make sure they're producing more assets. The lack of this is what is having them have to close their doors. And then you hear things about, say, and you hear things about like entrepreneurs, especially small business owners, who say that they hate sales. Because another f- study found, sixty-two percent of business owners say that they hate sales in the sales process. So if I connect, if I have over sixty percent of business owners saying that they hate the sales process and they hate making having to make sales, sales calls and things like that, right? They go into that operation, and then we see that. A larger percentage of business owners are saying that the overall reason why they're having to shut down is because they're not making sales and generating consistent revenue. It's not hard to see why the majority of businesses will be closed in 10 years. Right. And it all goes to that root cause of hating the sales process, not so much the sales process itself. And this is why we're covering this today. Because let's be real, nobody and I, nobody, whether you're a business owner or not, nobody wants to be seen as that guy. and You know, the guy I'm talking about. For lack of a better term, the used car salesman, not knocking people who sells cars, I'm not knocking you at all. But there's a stigma because when I say used car salesman, let's be real. A lot of you probably had a picture in your head before you even saw a picture on the screen. I didn't even have to paint a picture for you. I didn't have to draw it. I didn't do nothing. Because we have that idea of what a used car salesman is supposed to be. And it's been, unfortunately, it's been something that's been pushed out and promoted and advertised throughout popular culture. You can go to a movie. You can go into, you know, a cartoon, news, a newspaper. doesn't matter. We are constantly giving this picture Of what it means to be a salesperson. And it unfortunately doesn't look like something we want to be. And our ego jumps in and says, that's not me. So when someone says, oh, you're you're a salesperson or you're selling. Nope, 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 that's not what I'm about. Nope, nope, that's not what I do. But yet the majority of businesses are citing that the reason why they can't even stay in business is because they don't have proper cash flow. It's because they don't have enough sales. They don't have the right revenue generating, right? They're they're barely breaking even, if at all. And let's just be real. We care about the way we look. We care about the way we appear to people. We do not want to be seen as somebody dishonest. We don't want to see, be seen as somebody, you know, let's just be real. Lesser than others. And sadly, the idea that gets pushed upon us is well, if I am connected to the sales process, if I'm connected to a salesperson, if I'm connected to that position, then unfortunately, that's how I'm going to be perceived. And I'll tell you, beyond media, the only other aspect that, or the, the other thing that comes up is because of our experience with people who are not effective, quality salespeople. Effective because they wanna make a sale, of course, but the quality, the honesty, and what it really means to be a salesperson. Because let's just be real, the process itself is just to get a transaction, right? To get a specific result. It's the activity, it's the, the tactics that some people take, it's the actions that they take that give us this really bad idea of what it means to be a salesperson. And that's what a lot of us have encountered which is destroying our entire mindset. So when we want to start our own business, what happens? You're like, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that called me at 6 PM while I was trying to eat dinner, trying to have a decent time with my family and asked me about my cable service. I am not that guy. Even though I already had the cable service and I've been a customer for 15 years. And he's asking me about the cable service. and He's trying to sell me the cable service that I already have. I'm not that guy. I am not that guy that approached me when I went to the auto dealership and I told him, hey, I need a family car good gas mileage you know and my favorite color is blue and then he walks me over to a Porsche two doors it's probably going to get a mile to the gallon and it costs about 100000 yep, I don't want to be that guy Won't be that guy at all. Because see, what I just described were people who are not listening to you, people trying to sell you something you don't need, basically bothering you, pestering you. And that is the mindset a lot of people have of sales. The dangerous part is when you take that mindset and you want to start your own business. I can't tell you how many people that I've met aspiring not currently but aspiring entrepreneurs that i've met over the course of time they're like oh yeah you know i don't tell people you know i don't promote on my my facebook or i don't promote on my linkedin or i don't even have linkedin and it's like well if you have a business or you want a business and no one knows what you do no one knows what you're about how you gonna get a business how you gonna ever get a business going and this is why a lot of guys you know let's just be real this is why a lot of us have stayed in a stage of side hustle or it hasn't really gone off to become a bigger business or the business that we did open when we did start is struggling because we have the idea that we're bothering people if we tell them what we do if we promote our business we're being arrogant you know or we're being sleazy you know or, we, or we're, we're just not a An effective salesperson is what it really comes down to. Mindset, perception, your perception of what you see or what you think, I should say, the perception of what you think is a salesperson and sales process is going to become your reality. And And if you're already at that stage where you're saying, man, I'm looking at my numbers and it's not good. I'm spending twice, three times more than I'm generating or because that's the worst position. That's the worst position where you're spending money on running a business and you're not making enough back. And that's where a lot of businesses are getting into those positions. Right. Because it's it's a lack of cash flow. But the other side of it, which it might not be as as bleak as you're spending two, three times more than you're making. It could just be that you're not generating revenue, but you're not you know, you're not constantly ending up in the red. Right. You want to get you want to get something going before you get to that stage. So the first thing we have to do is get this mindset out of the way that bothering people, that's not bothering people. If you're talking to the right people. Right. And this is where the sales process truly does begin. Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know your target audience? Do you know the people who need what you supply, that you satisfy their need, that you bring value? Brought the two keywords up before. And that at the heart of the sales process, at the heart of what makes a good salesperson is knowing that you're talking to the right people, the right audience. When somebody says, oh, I just need somebody breathing, that's not a good look. <laughs> that's really not a good look. Whenever I hear somebody say that, I just need a person breathing. That's kind of scary. That means that could be anybody. That could mean that you need people, whether they can afford what you're selling or not. That's how we get into things like housing crisis. That's how we get into things like people talking about certain industries that they don't respect. You don't want just a person breathing. The worst thing I could do is I could call somebody who has absolutely perfect SEO An absolutely beautiful website that looks great on all devices. I call them and say, hey, you know what you need? You need a website that's fully responsive on all devices and has perfect SEO. That way you can show up properly at the top of Google, no matter what keyword search anyone puts in. I already do that. Right. But that's what you need. I know. I already have that. Right. And I'm the one that can help you get it. Doesn't even make sense. That'd be the most pointless conversation ever. And that's what we have as an idea of, of a lot of salespeople trying to sell us something that we don't need. So let's learn. Let's really learn from some experiences and specifically the tactics that we need to implement, to get, to debunk, if you will, that stigma of sales in general. And then some tactics we can apply as entrepreneurs and small business owners. Whether you currently run a business, you're about to start a business. Let's go over the tactics that will help you remove that stigma out of your own mind, for one, because that's going to hold you back from any conversation. And then when you start talking to prospective clients and potential, you know, potential customers, they will see a completely different salesperson. They will have a different idea. And more importantly. They will have a different idea when it comes to you, because that's what it's all about, you and your brand. So when they think of a salesperson, if they do have that stigma and that mindset in place, when they think of you, they're not thinking of that at all. Let's get to it. Cool. All right. Let's get into it, guys, and go over this with you, because this goes just to what I was saying before, how our first impressions of a topic, subject, individual, whatever it may be, can jade us. You know, can 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 build in that stigma and that bad and that negative mindset of something. My first job out of college. Right. I got to pay back student loans. I'm looking for it. So, quote unquote, real job. You know what I mean? Um, You know, how we think of real jobs. Unfortunately, back in the day was a job that required us to go into an office, you know, wear a suit and tie or or more business, you know, business attire not uh khakis and a polo but all jobs are real jobs i don't care what anyone says (laughs) okay right you got a responsibility you got a boss you got a job um real talk anyway and i think we can all relate to this story unfortunately but saw the saw the position it was in the what i thought department type of industry that i really wanted to get into marketing and Literally all the way up until the very first day of training, everything's marketing, 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 marketing. Let's talk about marketing, let's do this. First day of training, get there, got the job, got hired, signed a contract, you know, for the position, everything, blah, blah, blah. First day of training, okay, we're gonna talk about sales. Say what now? (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute, This, this doesn't say anything about sales, it said marketing. Now, from what I know about marketing, Sales and marketing can work very hand to you know, uh, hand, you know, working in parallel, if you will, they work to help each other. You know, your marketing is supported by really quality. I'm sorry, your sales is supported by quality marketing, right? Um, the better the marketing, the more efficient that is, it makes the sales process a lot easier, a lot more straightforward, right? You can, and I say easier, just the process is easier because you know who you're talking to, you know how to present value, things like that. The proper communications, you know. Um, yeah, not that didn't happen that way. No, 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 no. So I get to the first day, and the next day it's like, Okay, let's talk about telemarketing. I'm going go, wait now, <laughs> hold the horses. First, we talked. Well, first, I was brought in on marketing, and then I was told it's gonna be sales. And now I get here and I'm talking about telemarketing. What has just happened to my life? <laughs> okay, I have been completely bamboozled, and this is my point. A lot of individuals, especially those of us who had the idea, OK, one day I want to start a business, but, you know, I want to get a job first. I want to I want to get some more experience in that industry or that field, which I can never knock. Getting industry experience in the field that you want to own a business in. You can't beat that. Now, whether you immediately start off as an entrepreneur or you you know have an apprenticeship, internship, whatever it may be hands down is one of the best moves you can make as an entrepreneur because you get a taste of it without really putting yourself completely out there so there are you know it's, it's still kind of that coddled it's still kind of that safety net blanket if you will but at the same time it's a very very logical and strategic move to make i want to get my feet wet in the industry i want to build up some experience building network we're going to have a whole episode about that actually right getting experience in the field as opposed to as opposed to even an education it's getting on the job experience if you will It's getting real world experience as they say right but this is where a lot of us get thrown off in the, as entrepreneurs or small future small business owners our world of sales we were brought in on a lie think about that so if i have a problem selling okay after going through this experience it's because I'm already thinking, well, salespeople, my trainer was a great salesperson. My recruiter was a great salesperson. All these things that say sell, I mean, all these people who who got me into this position, got me in, literally in this state, were salespeople. And they were, su- they were successful salespeople. So to be a salesperson, I'm kind of having to dupe people. And that becomes the reality. That perception becomes the reality of the industry as a whole unfortunately for so many people and i'll tell you this that that followed me for years now don't get me wrong i knew that was just that initial experience and that wasn't everyone because i don't paint everybody with the same brush right or i don't paint the whole industry with that brush and that um that idea but it definitely had a bad taste left a bad taste in my mouth come back to it years later um, and really great experience with two very accomplished, ext- very successful salespeople in two completely different industries and in two completely different worlds. Um, and came into contact at the same event but in different ways. So, number one, met a salesperson specifically, what they were uh, most notable for was selling advertising space, right? Because like I said, I had always wanted to get I always wanted to be in in marketing and aspects of marketing. I continuously learned about dabbled in advertising, promotions, public relations, all aspects, if you will. Creative side, analytical side, everything. And saw a really good uh, presentation. And the whole idea of the pre, of the presentation had nothing to do with sales, which was really interesting, right? And then, you know, when they get, this is the funny part about the the person presenting introduced themselves, of course, and people introduced them, but they didn't introduce a title. They didn't say a title and what they were accomplished um, for at that time, you know, specifically accomplishments in the past, but not a specific position that they had. And almost at the very end of the presentation, presenter goes into what he does for a living? What are you doing, you know, what is it? Like, oh, I'm a sales coach. And everybody's like, wait a minute, what the heck are you talking about? You didn't say anything about sales the entire presentation. The whole presentation was all about strictly communication, listening, interpreting, but nothing about sales. We didn't even talk about products. We didn't even hear about products, services. Oh, and this is how you pitch your product. This is how you pitch your position. Nothing about that. It was all about listening. And I absolutely love how you summarized being an effective, MBA. not just being a successful salesperson, in other words, selling more product, you know, reaching the numbers that you want, but just being an effective salesperson and getting your idea across. Number one, you consider yourself a consultant. And consultants, advisors, listen more than they speak. And I thought that was a very interesting take on it. And then the second piece he went into, which was exactly my experience. The fact is people who don't take the time to listen and understand the value that they need to convey or more importantly, the value that the person, the customer, client, however you want to call it, however you want to say it whatever may you know, maybe more appropriate for your industry really needs because they're afraid if I hear the wrong thing, then I'm not going to make the money I need to make. I'm not going to make the sale. So they get desperate and they take on really cheap, bad, and worst of all, even in some cases, unethical practices. And that's what we think of sales. Instead of thinking, hey, let me just shut up and listen (laughs) to what the people need. And you know what one of the best ways of doing that? The best way to kind of shut up and listen is to just do research before you do anything else. Is to do research. And that's why his whole presentation was all about communication and listening. See what? i gonna be real with you. I know some of y'all might even thought when I say communication, you thinking talking like having a conversation. That's that's part of communication. But the fact is, the majority of communication is nonverbal. So that means you actually have to look, you have to be, you know, you have to be perceptive of how people move their heads, how people look to the side. You have to be perceptive. You have to listen. You have to look and listen. That's effective communication. And this is everything he touched on: doing research, connecting with people, asking questions. Because when you ask a question, you're listening. You want you want to receive an answer you, or answers, right? And I was like, that's exactly the problem. That a lot of what we think is sales, we're not listening to people. Research. That's the cornerstone. That's the first aspect. Surveys, questionnaires, asking questions. Join Facebook groups. Join Quora groups. Follow blogs of the industry you think is your target market. Right? The the group of people, the target demographics that you think, that's why I'm using that word, think, off the bat, start following them. Because we, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this from a client. I thought that was my market and it wasn't their market. That's why they're not getting sales right off the bat. You're talking to the wrong people. I literally spoke to a salesperson some months ago and um, things we were changing about their website. And they say, my my, my uh, market, my audience enjoys this. And always, before we, we do a website, before we do anything with their SEO, we run an audit, but more importantly, if they have numbers before we run our audit, I'm like, give me your numbers. Let me see what you have. So go into the back end of the website, you know, and I'm looking, at them like, but well, yeah, but nobody goes to that page. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody. Who's telling you like that page? Oh, uh, my friends. Okay, are your friends your customers? No. Are your family members your customers? No, but the family members tell you they like that page. Yep. Where are your customers going? A business owner off the assumption that the customer likes that page even though the customers were going to other pieces of content and here's the funny part about it the pieces of content that the customers were going to for this prospective client the content was from the business owner speaking video of the business owner speaking his customers like video but you know what he was so scared to be on video he didn't even go to that page after the time. He's like, I did this one video through it. It was basically a throwaway piece of content. But they like hearing him talk about the product. Crazy part was it had nothing, no offense, but it had nothing to do with him. They just responded better to video. But because people were actually telling him the thing he wanted to hear, which is, oh, people love the pictures of the the products that I have. The customers were like, no, when they, the actual customers, when they saw that video, they went to other pages. He wasn't listening to customers. He wasn't taking the time to find out what they were thinking. It was an assumption. So when he would contact people and drive them or, or email people and send them to the pages that he thought were, were going to do well, they would fall off. They would fall away. They wouldn't sign up to the capture lead, uh, the lead generation tools that we put there or were previously put there and then we put there. Because I would love to run a test. Marketing is all about testing and marketing support sales. So the first thing you need to do is know who you're talking to. Know that audience. Like I said, join Facebook groups, join LinkedIn groups that are based on your industry. That have people talking about the products and services that you may provide or you want to provide, right? Because the best thing is, if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, and business owner and you're just getting involved in your industry before you even launch you can take all this time to research, research, research and immediately start applying don't sit on it immediately start applying it and we have a great tool for you to start applying it to right away to help you out with that that's the first piece second thing is and I said I was going to talk about specific entrepreneurs and there was one I brought up And I tell you right now, people always forget how effective this entrepreneur, later CEO of one of the largest and well, actually, to this day, one of the largest corporations, um, the late, great Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was more of a marketer and salesperson than anything else, honestly. And it was because of his effectiveness to sell a product. And Steve Jobs, which is really interesting because I know you're thinking, okay, from, oh, well, yeah, great, maybe programmer, computer scientist. No, 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 no. Marketer, honestly. Marketing expert. Goes to something he even said, right? You focus more on the customer. You focus way more on the customer, not on the product or the service. And it's funny, it's really funny because you have a lot of people out there who think like initially what I brought up my first experience being duped, being constrained, just flat out lied to. And I'm of course in there with hundreds of other people who have these same positions. People told us one thing when it's actually something else. And the people who run these companies, they would love to be an Apple. They would love to be at the even half of the level of an Apple. Yet they're not doing anything like Apple. They're going for what we consider, you've heard people say this, make the hard sell. They're going for things like that as opposed to saying, you know what, let's focus On making a quality product, bringing a quality service to people who actually want it and need it. Because some people, we, we say need and want, you know, and that could that could technically be subjective, right? A want to me could be a need for you and vice versa. Who am I as the producer to dictate? If I want you, if I want you to need my product, isn't that when we get more involved in the hard sell? As opposed to being, hey, I'm the person that's going to go to a car dealership. I'm going to talk to a car salesman. They're going to listen to everything I need and they're going to tell me flat out, hey, you know what, man? I just don't have that. But you know what? Oh, I snap a lot. Sorry, guys. (laughs) If you heard me snap. I know of a dealership that has exactly what you're looking for. Now, what did I just turn myself into at that point? I technically made myself more of an advisor than a salesperson because I wasn't just going strictly for the sale. I don't have that. I don't have what you're looking for. But I know somebody who does. Which goes to the second piece of being an effective salesperson. You're listening, you're understanding, you're taking in that research, that information, that data. But here's the second piece. I know where you should go. I have a network. I'm taking in information, I'm making sure that you see me still as a resource because now that I've given you a piece of valuable information, and I can tell you right now, I've literally, had at least 10 clients because of this exact same type of conversation where the person goes looking for something else that I don't offer. They reached out to me. They came to me. I don't offer it. How they came to me, who knows? Could be referral, could be a couple other things. But within the last five years, I got 10 clients just off of this exact same type of conversation. Now, that's not a lot of people in five years, but think about what I'm saying here. Imagine if more people are coming to you this way, but you're seen as a trusted advisor. When people need the service that I do offer, oh, hey, I know a guy and you know what? He gave me the right information. When I was looking for something he didn't offer, he told me of another place I could go or he told me how I can try and find it or you know whatever it may be. I'm establishing a, a good relationship with them. That's sales. You can trust what I'm bringing to the table. You can trust in the resources that I have. And if I don't have the valuable resources you need, it's not like I'm saying, Hey, good luck. Hey, you have a good day. Bye. Okay, great. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But then if I flip it around, I'm like, you know what? I might know somebody or I have somebody, or I can see you this person or that's a good company. Go. It's right down the street. From club promotion, to managing artists, to running my digital marketing business. See, we often forget, and this is gonna sound so cliche, because it's like a dating trope. It's not about me, it's about you. (laughs) Right? It's not you, it's me. We've heard that before. Well, flip that sucker around. (laughs) It's about you. It's about the customer. It's about the client. It's about who is coming to you for some type of solution to a problem. And when it comes to marketing products, when it comes to marketing services, there's nobody better than Apple. So, and that's always, always under the leadership. And now following that that philosophy of Steve Jobs, specifically, which shows that your legacy philosophy can live on after you. Keep in mind, when the company was struggling the most is when not only he wasn't there, but they weren't following a philosophy like that at all. Listen to the customer. They will tell you what they need. They will tell you what they want. So identify and have an idea, have research to back that up, and then start the communication and the dialogue to get it done. Okay. One of the entrepreneurs I did not mention earlier, I did not mention this one, but we, we've we heard this, this uh, you know, this business owner considered the greatest showman, it's a movie even named Greatest Showman, PT, uh, PT Barnum. And the funniest thing about it is, even though his. For those of us who did have the pleasure of going to the circus when the circus was around in in in, uh, the US and throughout, you know, PT Barnum's uh, most famous show. But it was a lot going on. It was a lot happening. But there's a reason why they call him the greatest showman, not just because of the presentation because one of the things that he really firmly established was having a center stage and having someone having it centered on a specific object even though there was a lot that was going to happen within that show at different periods of time and that actually came from his overall philosophy when basically having undivided attention on the center or a specific object right that way you could focus on the value of that object and I can tell you right now, as an entrepreneur, and I'm speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs, this is one of the things that gets us off our, you know, gets us off of our path a lot. We're trying to do this, that, and the other, we're trying to do 15 things at once as opposed to focusing on one thing and really, really getting it right. I'm gonna pull from Apple for a second as well. Pay attention to that. Even though Apple has a lot of products right now, and they've always had a lot of different products. You notice there's always one product that takes center stage and they really focus on that. Now that's not unique to just Apple. A lot of businesses do that where they kind of have their, what they call their flagship, right? Not the cash cow, not if you're coming from a business school mindset, not the cash cow. I'm talking about something that's more so the flagship, right, this is what's leading the path. That might not always be the best in the, in the top seller. Most companies that is, but not in all cases, not in all cases, right? But one thing that Apple has always done is, hey, we're going to put a lot of energy into one, one specific product, one specific service. And then we're going to align the others to that product so we can bring it all back. So if someone doesn't have that specific product, maybe they have one of our other services. They have iTunes. They have Apple TV. But we really want them to get an iPhone. We're going to align it to the iPhone. Hence, if we even pay attention to the way their system is set up. Their infrastructure is set up like this. It aligns everything together. So if you have one, why not have the other? Right? This goes back to what PT Barnum was saying. Focus on that specific product, that specific service, that specific object, and improve it. Make it the best possible. Now ensure that the value that it brings is consistently getting better for the person it's intended for too, right? We don't do that enough as entrepreneurs. Try and do 15 things at once. I have a coffee shop, but I want to do catering, but I want to do snacks and I want to do donuts. And I want to do this, that, and the other. Do coffee well, very well. (laughs) How about that? Can you do coffee very well? Because you have a coffee shop. Okay, I'm a mechanic. But you know what? I'm also going to rent out uh, rental trucks. I'm also going to offer storage. I'm also going to offer this. What car do you fix very well? All cars, all cars or specific cars? Well, primarily foreign. focus. You want to be the best, maybe at the foreign car market, right? A lack of focus can send you on a whole world of pain. And here's the crazy part about it, it all comes back to that research. Do you know what the clients want? Do you know what the customers want? Do you live in a neighborhood where primarily, where people primarily drive domestic cars? Well, why are you offering foreign, offering mechanic service on foreign automobiles? But the majority of people around you have domestic. Sounds like you're in the wrong neighborhood. So that means the majority of your customers are gonna come outside the neighborhood, which means you have to spend more time getting the word outside of your neighborhood. What if you see you have a restaurant and the majority of your products, and I can tell you this is from my own personal experience, where a lot of restaurants around me had primarily pork products. So I didn't go to any restaurants in my neighborhood. That's happened to me before. I don't eat pork. But the majority of people in the neighborhood did. So that made sense. Now flip it around. Because I've seen this before, too. A place opens up and they're in a neighborhood where a vast amount of people don't eat pork. And they're wondering why their business is struggling and they can't seem to get it. I'm like, well, you know, you got mm, about 30 percent of people in this neighborhood don't eat pork. And another maybe 10 to 15, maybe even 20 percent. They don't they don't have to have it they go to a lot of the other restaurants so you selling only pork products does not help at all you've actually as I like to say you shot yourself in the foot (laughs) the research because then if you're improving on that product but you're not providing any value so there's no improvement on it you're wasting more money you're going to get yourself more in debt and you're going to end up in the red how the heck did I tie that all back to sales? Because that's what sales is. See, we're getting obsessed. Oh, 100 calls a day. This many emails. Those are activities. That if you if you spend every day calling the 100 of the wrong people, doesn't matter. You could have called a million of them. Doesn't matter. You call the wrong people. Right, hammering the phone, smiling, dialing—all those things. No, you're calling the wrong people. You started off on the wrong foot. Know who you're talking to. Know what they need. Know how they like to be talked to. That's a big one. How do you how, how do you speak to them? Are you even speaking the right language? Maybe they speak multiple languages. Do you use more, as they call it, industry jargon or less industry jargon? A lot of people, especially salespeople, I've seen this. You'll use industry jargon, right? So KPIs, B2B, all that stuff to make yourself sound smarter. When actually you're probably talking yourself out of a sale. What's important to your business? That's a KPI. How can we track it? That's a KPI. But if I keep saying KPIs... If I talk to a person about their website, well, you know, we gotta make sure the metadata is correct, the meta what? Meta, what are you talking about Facebook? No, 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 I'm talking about Facebook. Well, if your keyword's right, the, the way, eh, I can use the term keyword, maybe, maybe you might understand that. But why would I put myself in that position? When people think of your business, what are they most likely gonna type into a search engine? What are they gonna type it to Google? When someone Googles your business, Or if you want to come up on Google, what would I type up? Not your business name. What should I say? Uh, Best mechanic in the side of Chicago. There you go. Best mechanic this side of Chicago, What side of Chicago. North side, west side, south side. West side. Okay. The best mechanic on the west side of Chicago. Keyword. think of the audience first know the audience first understand what they need and what they don't need the pains that they have the solutions that they're looking for then you tailor those calls you tailor your emails you tailor right? you customize it to them working smarter not harder focusing and then as you gain more information which sales pitches don't work which sales presentations don't work what does work you then improve and provide more value the second entrepreneur that I met at this conference that helped me change my perspective and understanding on sales and really made me want to take a deeper dive to study more about the sales process and understand being an effective salesperson no matter what industry I'm working in you know and no matter really what my profession, um, was one of my favorite sharks from Shark Tank. Now, I've actually followed this entrepreneur, followed three of them, really, before they even got on Shark Tank, um, Damon, Barbara, and Robert Hershevik So, I got a chance to meet Robert at this conference for Industry Really working in the industry and understanding you know, more about marketing, promotions, or advertising, sales, and he was actually the keynote speaker. And the reason for the name of this episode is the words he actually said to me in a, in a very brief conversation: "Grow or die." So I had explained about my small business and basically treating my small business like a side hustle. But you can't do can't treat a business like a side hustle, right? You can treat a side hustle like a business, but you can't treat business like a side hustle. Just can't happen. And expect it to perform like a business. So, gave all the explanation, you know, right off the top of my head cuz I live it, I breathe it, so it was very easy to, you know, go through this in a short amount of time and not have to, you know, use so many words just A brief conversation. And it's amazing how. Simple words. Simply delivered. But truly genuine. Because you're listening. Can have a big impact. And it's specifically what he said. "Well, you're in a position where you need to grow or die. You need sales. And. You're not growing. Because. Of the things I had listed out to him. And until you fix those, you will not grow. You're making You're working a lot harder than you should be working because you're not taking the time to take a deep dive in that sales process and grow the business. Either you stay where you are and stress out and not grow anywhere or you grow or you just let it go. So it's either a grow or die. Very simply said. Doing it all yourself. Not trusting and not building out a sales process, right? Trying to put one foot in, you know, have one foot in, one foot out. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen for you. You're not going to grow. You're not going to elevate. Even though that's what I said my goals were. And that's exactly what's this point, And that's exactly what we're talking about here. You, tr- you build out a sales process that you can trust. And I understand a lot of you might be, you might have a full-time job and you have a side hustle you might have a full-time job and you have a full-fledged business you may have a full-time job and you're not starting that business yet you're thinking about starting that business you want to start that business the very first thing you should do and this is the great part about the research you're going to do on your target audience and understanding that target audience you'll know how much you can grow you'll have a good idea like okay if i start here with this small investment and this amount of time and it's only me this is probably as far as I can go. This is how many clients I can support. This is how many customers I can get out. This is how much product I can produce, right? In this area, with that ideal amount of clientele, because you took the research and you took the time to say, I'm not even saying, to paint yourself a picture. We're, we're humans, right? We're visual creatures. That's the reason why video. That's the reason why picture, uh, you know, pictures and images and social media do way better than just text. As I've always said, computers love to read. People love to look and hear, but computers love to read. That's why computers love text. Humans, we love pictures, we love visuals. We love video. We're auditory as well, so we love music. Music has a great effect on us, but the visuals, now you're gonna paint yourself a picture. Your data is gonna paint a picture for you. It's gonna tell you who you need to target, who you need to talk to, what value they are looking for from the products and the services you will potentially offer better yet you know who you shouldn't be talking to because you're gonna waste more time you're gonna be making those hundred calls and maybe getting one appointment don't make a hundred calls for one appointment now if you tell me you made a hundred calls you got 20 appointments you got three sales we're looking a little bit better right Let's talk about those hundred people that you call. Were they did they all look and in, in, in kind of look the same in that image that you painted with your data? No, you maybe had a few throwaways in it, hoping hail mary plays as they like, you know the, the football terminology. So think about that for a second. You're working a heck of a lot harder than you really need to be in some cases. So if we start off from the very beginning before we fully launch our business, before we attempt to grow our business, right? Before we leave one and go, you know, leave the job and go over to what we want to do full time. Let's understand who we're we're even trying to talk to. And don't think that this isn't for you music people. Don't think that this isn't for you writers. This isn't for, this is for everybody. When you write a book, who's the book for? When you, when you're, when you're scripting your movie or your video game, who is it for? Because I can tell you right now, I'm an avid gamer, but I don't buy all games. I can tell you three game series right now that I don't play. And it's three of the biggest games of all time. Not just of right now, of all time. And I'm a gamer. I love games. I used to be an avid gamer. Okay, I'm taking back. I used to go to Electronic Boutique. And for people who are gamers, they know Electronic Boutique. Okay. That's what I'm saying, but not all games can be pitched to me because... That's not what I'm looking for. So are you taking the time to invest in you and your goal, make a better sales process for yourself? And that way that actual goal becomes reality because you're going to need the sales. You don't want to get to that five year stage and be like, dang, I'm not even pulling a profit." Or worse, before you even get out the gate just one year into it, you're like, man, I'm in the negative because I'm not talking to the right people because I don't know who the right people are because I didn't flush out that market. And I keep saying market, even though we're talking about sales, because you need to know the target audience, you need to understand who they are, You need to listen to what they want and what they need, how to communicate with them. Those are those three cornerstones, right? Because you're going to get to a position. Sadly, if you don't do that, you're going to say it's grow or die. No one wants to get there. Now, if you're saying, hey, that growth could be me selling it and getting out of the business. But I can tell you right now, a lot of people. And there's data to back this one up. They struggle even selling their business, literally, if they're trying to get out of the business. So what if you're going to venture capital? Right? What if you're going to angel investors? What if you're going to crowdfunding and you're trying to get the business off the ground? You don't even know how to sell to them. All of it's selling. Know who you're talking to, what value they need, what value you can bring to them, how you can present it best. And like I said, I said this from the very beginning, I said this from every episode I will say this. Every single episode, this isn't about theory and academia, this isn't about none of that. This is about application. So, when we come back, we're going to go over exactly what tools we have at the Ambition Show for you to do these exact things I just brought up and how to make your sales process better. Be right back. All right, what's good, everybody? So, I've said it a number of times and Now you have the tools to do it. Talked about working smarter, not harder. So getting right to it. The first tool that will help you in developing that proper visual, that proper understanding of your your target audience is, it's a term, these are used interchangeable throughout the marketing industry, either a customer avatar or a client or customer persona. Uh, We're gonna use customer avatar in this case. And basically what it is, is it's visual and it maps out who that customer is and what they want. And more importantly, you get a better understanding of, can you even offer what they need? What type of value you can bring to them? How do you communicate that value? Okay, that's the first piece. And the great places to get, there's, I mean, a ton of them, but truly there's two great places for you to get that initial information, that initial data, if you will, to start building out that customer avatar, customer persona. Number one is social media love social media because it's my favorite price free well initially it's free right i mean you could run ads and then of course it's not free on time and time is very expensive um time time is priceless social media is a fantastic tool number one i would always suggest join groups that align to two things your product and service and your industry right because you have a specific offering in an overall industry join groups social media especially facebook and LinkedIn can't go wrong. I mean, there's tons of other places to go, but there's such a large audience. If you're B2C, definitely, or if you're, you know, business to consumer, if you focus on a an end user, as it's called, if you focus on a customer that's going to use your product, you know, um, on a consumer level with their family, their friends, stuff like that, then Facebook is definitely your best go-to. Um, but if you're business to business, if you support other businesses, I would suggest first looking at LinkedIn, then Facebook, simply because you may get a different conversation on Facebook, right? You may get a more candid conversation on Facebook. That's one of the drawbacks to LinkedIn is some people kind of play it close to the hip. And Facebook, you can listen. This is the way I speak. This is a business podcast. This is a business publication, if you will. But real talk. I speak they'll talk (laughs) okay um because if i can't be myself here where can i be myself so i would definitely say linkedin and i love linkedin i'm an avid linkedin user um do trainings on linkedin but i can always hey i'm always gonna be happy to admit that linkedin does have a different type of conversation right because it's a different environment Therefore, you may also look at Facebook groups in the same industry and have a completely different response. And the response you're looking for, just ask questions, run a few polls, run a few quizzes, surveys, stay within the platform as much as possible because you don't want to lose out on people. Oh, I don't want to click on this and take that extra step. Stay within that platform as much as possible, but then pull that information and start building out those customer customer avatars. I can tell you right now, I have literally built, um, I think it was 10, maybe 11, customer avatars for one business. Where we basically build it, nope, didn't work, build it, nope, didn't work, build it, nope, didn't work. I mean, literally, trial and error, trial and error. Trying to find the right target audience for their social media advertising, okay? So it's going to work that way. If you if you build out one, you're like, ah, no, that didn't work, don't worry. Keep going at it because the more you drill down, the better you have an idea of who you're talking to because you got to keep in mind, the, the time you take on this is going to save you money and time in the long run. Next, next, uh, next tool is the value proposition. I can't tell you how many businesses don't have a value proposition. You got to have a value proposition. What value do you bring? See, if I know who I'm talking to, then I can identify what they need, what solutions I can you know, provide them, the value I bring to them, and specifically how I'm different from all those other people. Once again, singers, artists, doesn't matter. Authors, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Every single business, every single individual, freelancer, contractor, what do you bring to the table? We've seen that before where, okay, these people, these two people had the exact same skills. What did this individual bring to the table to get the position, get the job that the other individual did? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of variables in there. I hate to say it's some positive and some negative. But That's the God's honest truth. But. We've been in a position where we say, yeah, but this person brought something different. It's the way they conveyed what they do and how they do it and also why they do it. Right. They gave me more. They gave me more to work with specifically the solutions they could provide for this position. The same thing goes for a freelancer. The same thing goes for a business owner and entrepreneur. Same thing. you do not focus necessarily on just what you do. It's the why behind it. It's the value you're bringing to someone. It's the value you're bringing to their their life. You got to keep in mind, it's all in the way you present. This is where I talked about presenting the communication. I had a car salesman tell me how they sold cars. Absolutely awesome. If I could ever give him for an interview, I would definitely want to do it because he specifically brought up how he's focusing on families because he's like, "Hey, families are counting on my, on my automobiles." That's how he put it: "Can't families are f- uh, counting on my automobiles to get to work to provide for their family?" You see how he took it; comp- he kind of took it completely away from the car and focused on more what the car is just a tool, but he's selling the tool for them to get what they need in life. I'm like, dude. You made me want to buy a Chevrolet. And I don't even drive. I'm serious. I was like, give me the keys. I, I need to provide. Wait, well, hold on, wait. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> so, uh uh-uh, nope. But that's that's my point. It's are you communicating value? So how to develop a value proposition, how to connect that to that customer avatar. That's your next tool. And then the branding. Branding is way more than a logo. Okay. The consistent message, the type of communication, the terminology that you use, where you communicate that message. I used to always bring this up because I'm all around Chicago, love my city. And I used to always say, You notice how there's only certain places you find specific dealerships? And am like, yeah. And people are like, yeah, clearly, because they got the the money away. Right, it's about the branding. Or they, they need these types of cars over there. It's the branding. That's a core of the branding. Location. We've heard the term location, location, location. There's a reason for that. That doesn't just, that's not just in general marketing to make the sales easier. That's also part of the brand. So are you in the right groups? I'm just talking about business to business or business to consumer. Are you in the right place? If you're focusing on, look at it this way, if you're focused on business to business and your goal is to land, and I'm just being real, your goal is to, let's say, get contracts up to $250,000, right, on whatever product or service that you are having, mean, But you're specifically, let's say you're focusing on a service, a service to another business, and you want to land contracts, $250,000 per contract, right, to provide said service. For six months. I'm just going to. Hey. Let's just keep it a bean. Are you going to be better off promoting Facebook. Or LinkedIn. If you say Facebook. I would love to know what groups you're talking about. I would love to know what pages you're talking about. I would love to know how you are. Promoting. And advertising. And marketing. On Facebook. Where you're landing contracts like that. On Facebook. Because remember I talked about the different voices and the perception. If I see you focusing on more on Facebook with the same messaging you're putting on LinkedIn, I'm wondering a lot what's going on. Now, you might have a different message, but that's why I'm talking about branding. Who are you trying to talk to? Who are you trying to connect with? And what value are you trying to bring? So getting your branding solidified. This should all be a part of your sales pitch, of your sales process, customer avatar, value proposition, and branding, which should all lead to telling a story. Okay, story of your business, story of what you do, why you do it, but more importantly, who you doing it for, who you listening. Or I'm sorry, who are you trying to connect to? Because you're not just listening to them, you're connecting with them. Which goes to the book of the day, the book of this episode. Like I said, every, brought this up before, every episode I would suggest and recommend a book that aligns with our topic. This is not a book for you just to read and hopefully you pull something from. This is a book that you can immediately start applying to what we're discussing. And at the end... Really, how did you apply it is what I would love to know. We have a great conversation on our YouTube page. Leave a comment there. But every episode, you have a book recommendation where you can pull information from to build out the tools and resources that we're sharing with you. And today's book is Sail with a Story by Paul Smith see you focus on the story and that's why i brought up focusing on why you're doing it the value you bring who you're connecting with doesn't sound like a sales pitch doesn't sound like a sales process like i brought up the best sales presentation I've ever seen. The guy didn't mention sales until he told us his position, which wasn't until like, what, an hour into it. And that's when he was finishing up, oh, by the way, I'm a sales consultant. Like, what, Wait, where'd that come from? You were talking about listening to people in communications. Exactly. And he did it in a storytelling format. A beginning, the middle, and end. A challenge an obstacle, rising action, climax, falling action, and inf- the end. Storytelling is all about emotion, and that's what Paul Smith really focuses on in the book. See, we purchase more so out of emotion. Remember, I've talked about it like, it's it's per, like the car sales. It's, he's connecting cars with providing for someone's family. Now, don't get me wrong. I think we can easily make that connection, but then again, you go back and like, good Lord, man, you're, you're selling a Chevrolet. No, I'm selling the way that this that this parent is going to work to provide for their family, pick up their kids safely, get them home, back and forth. Have you ever paid attention to a car commercial? You ever notice how they focus on safety? They focus on the family. They focus on enjoying things. They focus on having a great time with your loved ones. Think about that, making a statement. They focus on those, those emotions and they're telling a story in within 10-15 seconds paul smith book goes right into that and how to craft that story specifically tying to how you can present your value proposition how it's based on understanding and listening to the audience and then presenting it properly whether it be over the phone via email pitch deck okay and in his history he's worked with some of the most notable um i would say can't get more far away from stories in some of these corporations if you think about it you know from a from a naked eye um but microsoft costco hp but then if you look at the, the the case studies if you look at the actual work that he's done you'll see wow i never really thought about why i'm only buying hp or why hp grew to such a position during that time period How they were able to dominate and make a lot of sales during that time period. While Microsoft grew into one of the most powerful at that time and still to this day is still one of the most notable corporations. One of the largest corporations, one of the most successful corporations. Right. Tell you right now, this book will literally become. Kind of a a, not a study guide, but it'll become a work guide. As you go through your pitch decks, as you go through building out that customer avatar, as you go through developing your value proposition, you're gonna be referencing the book and going back into how is it telling my story? How am I connecting to my audience? So, description of this episode, there's a link to go purchase that book. This is not a paid advertisement or a paid promotion. I'm gonna call that out right now. This is me recommending this to you because it's a really good book keep this one on deck and when i was going through changing up my perspective on sales i hate i mean not to hate to say it i've read a lot of different books and didn't find anything that really stuck out to me and this one did because it wasn't focused solely on the sales process. And here's the great part about it. We do talk about the sales process. Like I said, he's gonna talk about emails. He's gonna talk about sales calls. He's gonna talk about pitch decks, presentations, but specifically driven by the story. Okay? So in this episode, I love saying that, right? Like it's a TV show. In this episode, <laughs> here are your takeaways. Cause like I said, every, op- every episode I owe you something that's what i'm bringing to you not just a bunch of ideas if you will ideas are great the idea means nothing without implementation so all free for you make sure you go to the link to the website is in the description a few tools for you to start crafting that better sales presentation Five call scripts. Scripts designed for you to craft a story, kind of give you an outline to build on. Five template pitch decks. Okay, each pitch deck is a pitch deck that I've used in the past. It's a really good template, really good tool to get you started. It's just a template, it's just giving you guidance. Build it into your own. Email templates, the same thing templates used in the past very effectively not 20 years ago not 15 years ago not 30 years ago these are all updated regularly okay so once you have access you have access and you can always you know get the updates and you can always uh, customize them to your to your needs to your brand gotta have the branding and then have this for you to download click on the link in the description it's 11 essential sales tips for beginners. This is actually a really good breakdown of just some really uh, some additional tips to help you as you develop your sales pitch, as you develop your sales calls, as you develop your presentations, and making sure your story is fitting in together, but just in general, to help you with your confidence. See, I just want you to reference this once again. We're getting away from... Make it 100 calls a day. Got to do that. That's such a random number, honestly. (laughs) Right? Send out this many emails to get this this many responses. But are you talking to the right people? Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're trying to connect with? And once we get all that out the way, then we can get to, all right, now, crafting that email, how many emails do we need to send out? based on that target audience, and then building out your database. But when I see a number that says 60 plus percent of business owners hate sales, that means there's a problem at the at the, at the core of the, of, the, uh, of the sales, of this actual operation, this process, of the business process. This is at the core of it. Because I feel more confident making a call. If I would know, hey, this person's actually interested in web development. This person actually needs advertising done on Facebook. This person actually has identified an issue with their website. Or better yet, I see that there is an actual issue with their website. And worse yet, they're struggling to make business because they are not identifying these things. Because they can't identify these things. They can't identify these things because they don't have the time. They don't. They don't have the tech. They don't have the technical skill set, or they don't. They once again don't have the time and the technical skill set. Because that I, honestly is what I have noticed is the biggest, the biggest obstacle for a lot of my clients is they don't have the time and they don't have the technical skills. So they don't have the time to acquire the technical skills. But at the same time, they need something fixed. So why not apply my technical skills to help them? That way they can focus more on their customer and they can make more sales and they can stay in business what is your value proposition so with that thank you for joining me today for the ambition show like i said any episode that's the whole purpose of the way this episode is set up come back and reference this one because we're going to talk about at some point we're going to talk about experience we're going to talk about branding we're going to talk about individual pieces that we cover today but really, let's get this core this core aspect of our business operations down. Let's get the sales process. Let's get a little more confident with that. Let's remove that stigma. You've got a great book to reference. Check out Paul Smith's book, it's, it's, it's awesome. Best word for it, it's just awesome. Okay, use that as a guide as you're building out those free tools for you to download. The link is right there in the description, so you can't miss it all right check out those additional tips as well it will help you as you craft out each one of those tools for yourself and if you guys want to see it what i would love to do is at some point let's let's show our let's show our pitch decks let's see what we have and what we've developed it's a work in progress you know you, you can't you can't get it right i've never seen one perfect off the first try and i've never seen a perfect one i've seen really good ones really solid ones Even the guy who made the presentation called out, hey, you know what? I can improve here. I can improve there. Okay, and this is a person paid to come out and speak and specifically paid to train because he's like I remember him saying that he's like he only comes out to speak like speaking engagements at a very short period of time every year because he actually focuses more on the clients that he works with than he does on speaking engagements because we don't know there's 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 different sides to that. Right. There's people who focus a little bit more on speaking engagements. But that was one of the cool parts about him because he's like, hey, this is what I do. This is why I love doing it, because I don't see it as salesy. You don't have to see your own process as salesy. Now you have some tools to improve on that story and become a better salesperson, selling your value, connecting your value with that target audience, with the right people who need you. Because there's people out there probably really need you, too. And you're just not talking to them because you know what? You might be wasting time talking to the wrong people. Let's just be real. So the next episode, we're gonna next episode, we're gonna go right back into branding. Okay. Like I said, it's way more than a logo. Don't think of just a logo. Branding is so much more than a logo. And how much is your brand worth? If you're talking to the right people, if you're making those sales, the worth, the value of your brand increases exponentially right not just to you we're talking about market value how do you develop brand equity that's what we we'll are getting into in the very next episode take it easy peace and blessings to you and your loved ones have fun with those pitch decks i know you're right you like fun with a pitch deck <laughs> and i'll chat with you guys later peace